Coming to you live from the plains of Evermore, it's the Ten Point <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I didn't rehearse that at all. Nice. That was just sort of completely <laughs> off the cuff. My name is Bruce, and I'll be your game master on the quest. Let me introduce you to the Freakend Warriors. First, he's a 26-level wizard, buddy. It's Chris. Hi. And secondly, he's a complete weasel, but entertaining, you'll see. It's Andy. Hey, bitches. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't going to sing everything else, but yeah, oh, I'd, I'd sing oh. the first bit. Uh, you can listen to us. We are the 10 Point Podcast on everywhere you hear podcasts. I'm assuming you're hearing this podcast on somewhere where you normally hear podcasts, but try other places that you hear podcasts. And try iTunes. Please listen to us on iTunes. Do give us a review because it helps us be seen better. The more you review us, the more you like us, the more you listen to us, we get... More coverage out there. You can find us on all the social medias, on your Twitter, on Facebook, not on Instagram because we're a podcast and why would we have an Instagram? Uh, and do get in touch. We do like to hear from you when you send messages to us. And uh, Andy usually get the pan out for the donations. Have you got any message to anyone who wants to donate to our podcast? Yeah, we've got a new uh, news and reviews section on our website written by an anonymous person called Chantel. And, an anonymous. Uh, an anonymous. An anonymous. It's hard when you're drinking. Um, and yeah, I've got some reviews of new films that we don't actually review in this podcast, but uh, new releases and shit like that. So donate to the funds and more reviews will come up. It means we can pay more staff members to do more reviews for us, uh, the more you give us. Next uh, March. So let us know as well if you do like the uh, the honest reviews that get put up uh, every few days on the podcast. Every so often, I think I might dabble in a bit of the, the written word as well and pop a couple of uh, things on there. And I'm sure Chris, if he feels inclined, might do so too. Uh, I don't like to do this. I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> okay, then, Chris, what have you I'm watched in the last week? If you've never got to write reviews, tell us some reviews. What have you watched in the last week, Chris? I actually watched Bad Boys 3. Nice. It was good right up until, you know, the big Correct. twist happened. Yeah, I agree. Different. 100% agree. They ruined the good It was film. an unnecessary, unnecessary twist, and it's just shit now. <laughs> she has left it at two. No, they so should have left, left it at three and a half. Well, two and a half. Aye. <laughs> okay. Got you. So, what are you saying there, Bruce? I'm saying, so they, they uh, just should have left it at two, and it makes it worse for existing, is that what you're saying? Only well, the last ten weird, minutes. Like, I'm just saying, it's good up until the point. They should have yeah. stopped at the point. Yeah, I agree. And then... Right, okay. So, I've not seen it yet. I, I do intend to see it. I'm not a bad, I'm a bad boys kind of, not a bad boys deep diver. I've only seen the first sure. one, I think. So yeah, I bad boys version. The second one's better yeah. than the first. Yeah, I think so. I'll catch up eventually. Um, anything else, Chris? Was that your big watch of the week? Uh, no, I've been catching up in that 70s show. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. It's funny. <laughs> watch it. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Are you going to give us any of your reviews of the new ones or do you watch anything else in between? I watched loads of stuff and I've literally forgotten it all. But... The, my, my highlight of last fall, this week, last week, was uh, Foolproof, the Ryan Reynolds film, which he put on his own streaming service. What a film that is. Still holds strong. So yeah, if you want I've to watch Foolproof, that. it's on Amazon, free of charge. Give it a watch. Bosh. That's a review. Bosh. Trademarked. Trademarked, man. If you want to listen to the news, money from this. <laughs> if you listen to the news, which should be on the podcast feed now, uh, I talked not in depth about Tenet uh, and about the New Mutants. They were the two big releases yeah, I saw this week. Uh, uh, before you go listen, to, if you if you can't even be bothered listening to the news, essentially don't go to the cinema to see either of them. They're not worth your time. Uh, but I finished my Christopher Nolan arc by doing both Dunkirk and Inception in the last week, which are both twice the movie that Tenet is. So I would say just stay at home and watch them too instead. Uh, so yeah, my Nolan thing is finished. And I think that's where my pen to paper is going to go for the website is a, a Nolan special. Um, but actually, yeah, not much else to talk about for over the last week. So we better get on to the point of us being here today. The point today is... The 2013 LARPing action-adventure-comedy-fantasy-horror film, Knights of Badastum. Brought to you by IndieVest Pictures and Bayview Films, the two studios behind it. Written by Kevin Dreyfus and Matt Wall. The two of them have a, a long back catalogue of writing that includes only this film. This is the only thing that they ever wrote. Uh, Dreyfus was a producer on Better Call Saul, and Matt Wall... I could find he was a producer on the film St. John of Las Vegas that also has Peter Dinklage in it, 
But his IMDb includes things where he was associate production team member and all this. So these two are have the, the smallest, I don't know, film back catalogue collection history of anyone we've ever covered on the podcast. <laughs> to the point they've only written one thing and it's this film. Um, the film was directed by Joe Lynch, uh, who has a bit more to his name. Director of Wrong Turn 2, Dead End. Uh, director of the film Everly, which had Salma Hayek in it. Director of the film Mayhem that had Stephen Yoon from The Walking Dead, and director of a film called Point Blank that was on Netflix that had Frank Grillo and Anthony Mackie in it. Um, he's the director of all these films. I have never heard of any of them. At least I've probably heard of Wrong Turn. Oh, the Anthony Mackie um, one's banging. Yeah, I, it, uh, when I saw the poster thing, I thought, I bet Andy's seen that film. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I approve. There you go. Um, I don't want to step all on the trivia section too much, Andy, but have you got anything to add about the director and his relationship with this film? Aye, he disowns it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> well, he doesn't, not that he doesn't like it. The production changed everything, so he hated it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that helped or hindered his career. He did make a couple of these films after he made this one. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it's worth, worth mentioning that he, uh, the director himself, I don't know, did he say doesn't like how the film ended in yes. the end? Uh, the film stars Ryan Quantin. Uh, according to the internet, he is famous for Dead Silence, True Blood, and Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Um, that's that. Those films <laughs> and also this film, or those TV shows and films, are what he's famous for. Do we know Ryan Quantin from anything else that we care to, to mention at this time? Was he not Home and Away or something? Or Neighbours? Um, I don't believe so. I don't think he was really. <laughs> I thought he was in one of those, that kind of thing. No, no, you're the soap guy. Okay. I only know him from True Blood. I watched him in True Blood. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen him in. Probably. Yeah, same here. True Blood for me. Uh, co-starring with Ryan Quantin is Steve Zahn. Internet tells me Sahara, Rescue Dawn, A Perfect Getaway, and War for the Planet of the Apes are why he's famous. Does anyone else have Steve Zahn in their uh, movie history? I oh, in loads of stuff that I like. But that's all I've got uh, at the moment. <laughs> to me, I he's I a... I like think of what he's in, but... He is in a few stuff, isn't he? I For me, he's him. Davis from Treme, the HBO uh, drama from, I don't know, about 10 years ago now. He was one of the main characters in that. He's also in uh, Sunshine Cleaning, the uh, Emily Blunt, Amy Adams comedy, a dark comedy I've mentioned a couple of times here that I mention every ch- chance because it keeps coming up. Uh, he is in that one too. Also in this film, uh, Peter Dinklage, famous for The Station Agent, Game of Thrones, X-Men Days of Future Past, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I'll <laughs> I was going to say, Game of Thrones and X-Men, yes, and then Elf <laughs> is my other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elf. Yeah. And something actually that I would normally associate with, but I completely forgotten he was in uh, Avengers Infinity War. He plays the uh, the gigantic dwarf. Oh, that yeah. The big dwarf. The weapon for Thor. Yeah. Stormbreaker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Peter Dinklage is pretty much, he is Tyrion from Game of Thrones, not to kind of pigeonhole him too much, but that is essentially why he's a famous person. And the last one I picked on is Summer Glow. Uh, her internet uh, starring roles are Firefly, Serenity, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and in this film as well. That's exactly what I know her from, is all the things I mentioned. She's an arrow as well. And also, an underrated TV show called The Cape. It only got one season, but it was banging. Well, there you go. That's why you come to this podcast. Recommendations like that. Things you never heard of, <laughs> and they says are good. Uh, and that is our starring quartet for the film. Uh, so... Knights of Barastum, made on a budget of, I do not know. Uh, does anyone, <laughs> could anyone happen to dig up how much this film costs? Cause no, because this is your bet. I know, exactly. Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, normally where I find these things, it was not there. I'd search further and it's not exactly the easiest thing to find on the internet is how much a film costs if it's a kind of small time indie sort of thing. So yeah, I have no idea how much the film costs. Um, it's opening weekend at the cinemas. It managed to take in $17,500. It's not an awful lot. Um, it was not at the cinemas for a long time. Its entire US gross run was $124,000. Uh, and its worldwide gross was, again, I do not know, because it did not have a huge international run. And this well, is something Andy mentioned when he picked the film, was he had to wait five years to see it. So I'm assuming home video was a big part of this film. And also, you could purchase it on Amazon for 99 pence right now, so there you do go. it. <laughs> you could be a, you a larger drop in the ocean for this film than you are with most films when you pay your money, because it did not make a hell of a lot of money. But then again, I don't know what the, growth, the, the budget was in the first place, so it might actually have made its, made its uh, money back, and then some. 
But uh, yeah, I think it really needs to spend money on them as a CGI in the the props. So I can't imagine it'll be that much. Yeah, you feel like they're just running, around a, running around a park for a, a week <laughs> or so to film it. Um, film released twenty first of January twenty fourteen, which puts it in prime prime Oscar bait territory for the two thousand and fourteen Oscar awards. The Academy Awards of that year uh, were the following week. Uh, and Knights of Bad Aston was was completely shunned and locked ah, out of the Oscars that year. Part one single nomination. Uh, it is a year we have never covered on the podcast, so I will read out the random nine nominees there were for Best Picture that year. It's a good round number, uh, and see if the two experts can pick out what the winner was. So nominees for Best Picture of 2014: American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her. Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, who did win or who should have won between the two of you? The Wolf of Wall Street should have won, but I'm pretty sure it was the Dallas Buyers Club, wasn't it? I'm going I'm for Gravity was good, but Captain Phillips was the best film of that year. Oh, there you go. Uh, so neither you said the winner. The winner was 12 Years a Slave. Uh, I think oh, I remember that uh, being a big winner when it won. I've not seen all of the ones in this film, on this film, on this list, but mine was The Wolf of Wall Street. That was my favourite as well. Uh, That's the one he should have won an Oscar for, not fucking Revenant. He was an absolute, he was a revelation in that film. It was fucking brilliant. This is DiCaprio, of course, we're talking about. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, talking about him. Uh, Let's have a look at the MTV Movie Awards of 2014, which is earlier than normal. Normally they're in the summer, but it was April this year. Uh, Knights of Bad Aston also completely locked out and shunned for the MTV, MTV Movie Awards that year. And again, we've not touched this. So here are your nice brief five nominees for the MTV Movie Award Best Movie of the Year. American Hustle, again. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Uh, 12 Years a Slave and The Wolf of Wall Street as well. What was your movie of the year in 2014? I want to say Wolf of Wall Street, but I don't think it did. I'm going to say 12 I'm, Years a Slave. I'm going to say Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, you both missed it again. The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Oh, damn it, MTV. Um, I'm going to float this idea that I think the Oscars had their had better films than MTV Movie Awards did that year. Oh, definitely. Because uh, Hunger Games are a bit meh. Desolation of Smaug is not the best of the Hobbit it's movies. Smart. And then, Yeah, and then you've got uh, Captain Phillips' Gravity uh, are like nominated for Oscars. So, so yeah, um, I think MTV win 2014, I think. Give me the uh, Razzies. Onto the Razzies. Oh, onto the Razzies of that year. Uh, Knights of Bad Aston, not nominated at the Razzies either. Uh, so nobody liked it, nobody hated it. Uh, again, not covered. So here we go. Worst picture of 2014, was it? After Earth. Uh, that was the... Uh, <coughs> the, the, oh, the yeah, well, there you go. Um, Grown Ups 2. Uh, not oh. the original, but the, the fantastic sequel. Uh, the Lone Ranger, the uh, Johnny Depp... Uh, as Tonto one, Shambles. A Medea Christmas, um, which I think I, I'm aware who Medea is, but it's not a very British thing. I don't think it's very American comedy. And movie forty three. They are your five oh, nominees wow. for worst picture of twenty fourteen. Uh, and I think it's your turn to go first. What are you picking as the worst film in that year? Johnny Depp. Lone Ranger. Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp. You're shite in that. <laughs> uh, what about you, Chris? What have you got? Uh, I think it's going to be movie four or three. Cause I actually quite like that because it's got uh, the Balcherian guy. But <laughs> I think that was voted the worst movie ever. At one yeah, point. you are right. It was worst movie of the year. It is uh, one of these universally hated films, despite the fact it has all of Hollywood stars in it. I think yeah, it's bad in it. And I disagree. I think Lone Ranger's good. I don't care what you say, Andy. I think that uh, Lone Ranger movie is uh, really good. Right. Harshly, harshly treated. So I might put that on my long list to come up uh, at some point because I think you need to see it again. <laughs> uh, I looked at other awards. Um, the internet told me that Knights of Bad Aston had been nominated for two other awards. And when I looked into it, it was not nominated for one of the awards that it said it was nominated for. <laughs> so I have disregarded that as a lie. So the one award nomination this film ever got was in the Golden Trailer Awards of 2014. It was nominated for Best Voiceover for a Trailer. And it lost to the voiceover in The Heat, the Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy uh, comedy ah. police thing apparently had a better voiceover than the trailer for this film did. <laughs> and that is all the nominations <laughs> for any awards this film ever got. <laughs> uh, 
better get on tonight's about Aston then. I have written a synopsis here. As usual, I missed out half the film, put down what I thought was important or the major plot points. So I will go through it. Knights of Barastam. After he is dumped, Joe, that's Ryan Quanton, goes to hang out with his millionaire friend Eric, played by Steve Zahn, and their stoner buddy Hung, played by Peter, Peter Dinklage. To cheer <laughs> up Joe, they give him copious amounts of drugs, and he wakes up at a live-action role-play event with the two of them. They're able to convince him to join in, and their game master, Ronnie, played by Jimmy Simpson, eventually <laughs> allows him to play. <laughs> also part of their party is Gwen, Summer Glow, and her cousin Gunther, not played by anybody famous, who is always in character, Gunther is. At some point before the events of the film, Eric had come into possession of a real spell book, and during our LARP, that's obviously a LARP, during the LARP, our team managed to summon an evil spirit in the form of Joe's ex-girlfriend, who goes on a killing spree around the park. When they attempt to cast a counter spell, they manage to turn her into a monster who steps up the killing and isn't stopped until Joe sings a spell or a cantation that brings back the spirit of their fallen comrade Hung and he kills the beast. And we all live happily ever after. That's what happens in this film. If I missed out anything important, I did mention, obviously, I missed out Hung being killed. Uh, lots of people get killed. But yeah, anything else missing from that? What a film. What a <laughs> film. You said nobody important on Gunther. I think we should bring that up now. So okay. yes, thank you. Because yeah, I, I, I didn't. Famous, is what I, I, I did not know that he was played by two characters, like two people. And one of the more famous, uh, I would imagine it would be one of the cutaway scenes when he's like bigger, and he's played right. by uh, Tom Hopper, who we all know from Umbrella Academy at the moment, and also so he's I, what? Go on. I was gonna say, like, I watched the thing, and like, I seen, I checked who was in it. I seen he was in it, so I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's good." Yeah. Could not see him at all. I think I literally think he's like all the back people, like when he turns away and runs away, and he was just like kind of stunt, like a stand-in. Right. I felt like he looked different at one point in the film. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I would just hadn't looked at him properly, so. But no, that that certainly settles my my mind. I'm not going mental. Okay. But Tom Hopper, on a side note, he still owes me a pair of pants. As in trouser <laughs> pants. <laughs> because I once had to change his tire, and I ripped my pants while changing his tire on his Land Rover. So he still owes me a pair, and I'm still waiting. How well, did you rip your that. pants and nothing else? What were you doing naked? <laughs> like just in your underwear? No, my trousers. I'm going for the American audience. Oh, oh right. Still front. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, oh. Tom Hopper owes me a pair of trousers. There we go. Get out there. Please say uh, at him on Twitter and say that he, uh, there's someone indebted uh, that needs uh, <laughs> trousers replaced. <laughs> oh well, I don't know if we can top that for a talking point. Uh, but that's the end of end of podcast. Yeah. you right there, Andrew. Um, on, to, uh, on to point one, though. I think we should uh, uh, barrel onwards. Uh, talking points, uh, talking through our questions and observations from our viewing of the film. As always, Andy, how did you find the opening? Oh, these are some of the best like openings ever. Like, it was straight to the point. <laughs> A nice little montage telling me some uh, demons and shit like that. I was like, oh, I'm interested now. It had me hooked from like the get-go. It did seem to go quite quickly. It was him telling yeah. like a story out of a book, but yeah, it, I thought, oh, here we go, we're going to get this entire thing, but it did actually get into it quite quickly. So yeah, a fair and, and pleasant start to the film. Although, dropped into a scene that I'm still not even sure, why was there a fake sacrifice happening? Could someone explain that to me? I think it was part of their LARPing game. He wanted to get he was trying to level up. up a level. Which, where Rory just failed him, he said, nope, it didn't work for me. So, so they were LARPing like, just away from the whole big event? It's just like a casual sort of... No, there's, there's LARPing driving, every week. Driving test or... Right, okay. They, they LARP every weekend. Group. Well, they all got split up and they all had to do each little quest, and his quest must have been to level up. I see. So that was the previous one. Because I thought that was just independent. Like, they were just on, like, having a little no. fun in the woods. I think that was really explained. Yeah, right. I think that was the yeah, one before. I thought it was like some random weirdos in the bushes doing yeah. stuff. Exactly. Uh, I've got a question for you. Well, it's not a question. Is it going to be the end of the film by any chance? No, I'm starting at the beginning this time. <laughs> right. Is it just me, or could like is Peter Dinklage just a small Jack Black, especially in this movie? Oh, like, that's... if you just took Peter Dinklage out and put Jack Black in, they yes. both like are the exact same kind of actor. 
Yep, I agree. I'll, I I'll give you that. that. I could see it, yeah. It was just that one scene when, just as the LARPing was starting, the way he was moving about and all that stuff, it was Jack Black incarnate. But this is what I like about Peter <laughs> Dinklage. I've said it to Bruce. Like, Peter Dinklage tends He's not to play... Actor. He doesn't play a dwarf role. Like, he just plays a role how it should be played. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like, he might be a dwarf in, like, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, but it's never said. It doesn't matter. And, yeah, you could just drop him to be in any one of those people and it would be fine. That's the one time so you, the thing about it is when she picks him up and chucks him. That's the only time <laughs> when a bigger <laughs> actor it wouldn't have worked. You, know you could I mean. have still done that. My first question is like if you had all that money, like so your parents were rich, would you mm. do LARPing? Would that be your go to thing? What else you no, do you think? Not for me, no. But for someone who likes it, it would be, I'm assuming. But th- this film did make me want to go LARPing, and I've said it to Bruce Chris, we should all go LARPing. Because I think it would be so I would awesome. rather be the paintballers than the LARPers. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris, we'll do that instead. Well, Andy's LARPing. We'll go <laughs> yeah, paintball guns. Hang paintballs at yeah. him. I want to <laughs> level totally up so I can dual wield. That's what I want to get to. I want to dual wielding. <laughs> I just feel like it would be so um, much fun. On you go. I missed that bit. No, I just said it would be so much fun. The, uh, my oh, last yeah, probably would the, be actually. On the early scene, it does pertain to the paintballers. The guy thinking he could rip a book that was that thick, regardless if it was like a special haunted book or not, <laughs> in the very first scene, it's like he had absolutely no chance of this really thick, well bound, well made book. It was like he was never ripping that. Uh, it was an absolute. It took me out of the, the film seeing him try to rip that book. You know, um, I just thought straight away I was like, "You're an idiot." And then I thought they were going to be a big part of it. These villains, but they only ever had like one scene after yeah. that. That's because they're not the villains, they're just douchebags. It's, I, well, I think this film captivates, like, like LARPing's okay, and it's just these bellends, and they're meant to be bellends in this now. And you yeah, kind of think that they're going to become the big bads, but then suddenly, it's like, apparently everything, and this is, I was saying to Bruce as well, this is going to be my new hobby, I'm going to <laughs> learn Enochian, because it comes up in a lot of things nowadays. And I feel like I need to is speak. That? Oh yeah, it's like... It's on Supernatural, it's on like every other horror film now. Apparently everybody can speak Enochian, so I feel like I need to start learning Enochian because I need to summon some shit. That brings up a point. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot what it was called. Um, the Wizard, is it Eric? Yeah. Yeah, the main guy. The Did main he guy. actually speak it? Or was he just saying some random shit that just brought down Demon? Right, I've got this. I think what happened was the book kind of had a hold over him and used him as a vessel to say the actual things. Right. That's what I think I'm he just took his best guess at what he thought he'd said and he actually got it right. That's my. That's nah. what I thought he was doing. I feel like the book because had some that, power. Jimmy Simpson could speak it. He knew what it said, but yeah. Yeah. the other guy just fucking chanted some random shit and it just went all tits up. But what I think he used his up? millions to kind of try and learn it and then had to go at it. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got another question. My other question. All right, you on your go, It's Chris. not really a really question, but do you know what? Every movie when a guy gets dumped, they ask a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> I've like, like, whiskey tastes like ass and like it burns when you take one little sip. So I don't understand how people could just ask a bottle of whiskey and be fine. It just, it's a random <laughs> question, but it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I but, quite like whiskey, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't drink it like that. I, I drink very little of it ever. But oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, any massive amount would just do me in. I'd be dying. Piss. It's horrible. Yeah, I'd be like I was on fire. But would you say oh. he was all right after drinking that? Because he ended up waking up fully dressed in knight's armor on a larping field. Well, look, <laughs> he he asked half a bottle before they even started feeding him with dope and shit, and he was still fine. He was still coherent. I'd be in a pulmon shit. <laughs> well, I need to ask you, Chris, because I asked Andy earlier, and I kind of forgotten what his conclusion was. But he comes, like he's at work, he's playing uh, doom metal with his buddy, who's hilarious and everything, but had about two lines in this film. The big guy. I um, used basically he just came back for larping. Exactly. I was I sure he was coming back dressed as some sort of barbarian or something, but he never came back into it. All that gets sacked from his work or leaves work or whatever happened. Goes to his rich mate's house, downs as you say his bottle of whiskey gets forced upon a whole bug- bunch of drugs on him, and then he wakes up in the van. Do you think it's the next day, or was that the evening of the day he got fired from the job? Mm. No, next day. 
because they were prepping the van to go. I think he passed out and they took him in the van the next day, the next morning. I forgot what your answer was, Andy. Yeah, I kind of came to that that. conclusion now as well. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and that means that's that's the three of us then, because I thought it was a pretty damn quick recovery he managed to do, to be able to, I don't know, just (laughs) do all the things he did, having a couple hours earlier been completely wasted. (laughs) Seems to recover his hangover really well, because I would have been fucking useless. It could have been mid-afternoon, though. He might have slept for, like, I don't know, 12, 15 hours. Yes. Yeah, say he yeah. got home at, like, before lunchtime from his work. It could have sensibly have been 7 o'clock at night, and, yeah, it would have been hours later. I suppose that makes sense. Uh, I, I, I My next note I've got, a big gap in my notes here, so if anyone's got anything that comes soon after that, feel free to jump in. I'm at the first uh, demon murder is where I am in my notes next. Oh, yeah, you've skipped the whole load. Right, well, <laughs> on you go then. Well, the summoning, summoning, yes. How did the fucking Hung not choke in that picture? Because, like, <laughs> you find it later on when he inevitably gets killed. It's still a fucking hole. Yeah, I think it's crumpled up. He just, like, <laughs> opened his jaw like a snake and just, like, take <laughs> a hole. I still, I still find that bit funny. It's just like, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to eat a photograph. I've done it. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I have. Eat. Not photos, why? but I've tried to eat paper. Yeah. That stuff, that stuff makes you gag. Like it's bad. Don't, don't do it. Don't eat pictures, guys. Don't it's, eat pictures. Don't the ten point <laughs> podcast warning. Don't eat. Yeah. Pictures. And before your, is it the first murder you were talking about? The, uh, I believe I've got the... the uh, it's one of the early ones, certainly. It's the guy who was dressed as a green ape. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> here. Go. Uh, go my note is... Oh, the jaw murder. Yeesh, is what I've got written <laughs> down. As in... That was... That looked so bad. <laughs> oh, that was quality. I've got, oh, fucking hell, Andy. You're... It you're looked it was like... Fucking badass... Uh, badass them goggles on, because that... <laughs> Jawbreak was fucking ridiculous. The guy he tried doing it on a no-budget film. <laughs> it, it turned into morph mid-scene, and it was like a plasticine head he had on. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, look at that. <laughs> my little gripe here is, she can barely talk, but she knows how to suck dick. Doesn't make any sense. It's, it's nature, Chris, it's nature. <laughs> it's nature. Okay. <laughs> um... What about you, Andy? You've been uncharacteristically quiet here. Any no, points? I'll just let you, you, let you guys go through the points. My point is, like, if you go LARPing, right, I'm trying to imagine it, and then it's like you wake up and it's like, oh, this is shit, and then suddenly you just see, like, Summer Glow there. It's like, yep, LARPing's for me. <laughs> that's where I'm at with it, because, like, as they say, she's got a, a three-point ass. A and plus, then, or ask is a plus three or something. Oh, yeah, plus three ass, that's, that's it, yeah. And then gratuitously zooms in on it as well. Which I'm all for. I mean, I'm okay with that. It's pretty much the reason that Joe stays, isn't it? Like, Yes. Oh, I was yeah. thinking, at that point, I was like, why doesn't he just leave? He doesn't want to be there. And then he essentially comes into contact with her and he's like, right, I'm staying. <laughs> Game on. So, I've got, I've got another one. So, okay, random good. demon woman who's, like, learning voices like a predator. Like, she's picking up on words and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I really like that touch that she always said to the next person bits of what the previous person had yeah. said to her. So that, that, I quite enjoyed that. Which kind of brings me to the next kill, and I'm going to go through her. I'm going to use her killings as a marker for the film. Yep. The fairies. As, <laughs> they amuse me. <laughs> just... Right, right. Just a little prance about, and then. Yes. Oh, no, that, that's not the second one. That's the third one. Oh, no, the vampire person it? was fun to. The vampire one? Yeah, it was the, the little sprite guy. Aye, that was it. But yeah. Oh, yeah, because she was the third one. Yeah, the fairies. The little bit between the guy where it's pretty much goes unmentioned, uh, like, he's like, he just goes, so what's it, something? You went and saw her without me, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you understand why it is. And then for no reason whatsoever, we just get a random blood girl-on-girl lesbian kiss for no reason other than to try and satisfy some nerds who are too scared to look at X-rated things on the internet. It seemed to be what this next scene was for. It provided nothing to the film except from, oh, look, it's two girls kissing and look at it. Isn't it lovely, uh, you people who don't want to go find actual things to watch? It's because this is what LARPers do. 
fantasizing about fairies and demons getting off with each other. I'll tell you what I did like. The little fight scenes, like with even with the monkeys and like in the big game, like <laughs> yeah. stilts and stuff like that. All all the fake fighting was done so brilliantly. And then like even when he's like actually hits them, he's like, "Oh, I put a summoning spell on. You can't hit me." It's like, no, <laughs> it's fair game. And then they like they do the fake deaths. All that stuff just yeah. amused me to no end. Yeah, the guy who refused to die was really funny. Because <laughs> you know that would totally happen if we were playing LARP, and it's like, no, you didn't hit me. It's like, yeah, it did. No, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, you messed up, bounced off my shield. Actual fights would break out. Fuck you. Like, we start <laughs> getting a whale each other with an actual stick. I hate you guys. Leave me alone. But then it's just uh, like... My I, next... I just, Sorry. I just like all the kind of things when he's, like, going around as well, when he's, like, doing the map stuff, and he's just, like, yeah. and he goes on to, like, the plains of Evermore, or the, the fountain of... can't remember the name. Yeah, it's like, well, it's just oh, falls yeah. or something or other, and it's, like, yeah. a bathtub. It's a bathtub <laughs> with a wee bit of water coming out of it. It's brilliant. Yeah. All that stuff, just it just makes me want to go LARPing. Yeah, I, I, around this time, Jim, Jimmy Simpson was my star of the show. Anytime he yeah. showed up, singing his little bits here and there, he really made me laugh. And uh, I'll wait till a bit further on, um, where I mentioned a bit more on him. I've got to like the, I don't know, the the, the murders at the kind of the toilet at the kind of campsite. Ah, uh, yeah. Is where I've got. It's around this time I just go, where the hell have Steve Zahn and cousin Gunther gone? Because they were with everybody, and then all of a sudden they weren't, and then the murder started oh, they happening. Did like a, a split up thing. They had to go and do one quest while the other lot did another quest. Yeah, but there's no guide with them. So how do they know they're doing anything? Because the, the one guide system. was funny. You what? Honor system. Honor system, yeah. Could you right, honor okay. system? Just, just trust that they do it. Why bother having the guides at all, then? Just for, like, to make sure they're actually doing it. It's like, just that's what you do. I'd imagine they'd be at specific points for, like, their actual... Yeah, I uh, guess so. Quests. Like, but quest yeah, ends, it, if you know what I mean. When the murders start happening, obviously, Hung gets killed... But I yeah, bet that Eric isn't you. even there. Eric isn't even there to see it, and it's like well, he would have saved them, and they didn't actually give a reason of why he left. He was just all of a sudden was gone. Well, he did before, um, because uh, I can't remember his name, but Danny Puddy and Hung went to do one quest, and then it was going to be Gunther, Gwen, uh, Joe, and Eric all did another one, but then he sent Joe oh, and Gwen to go and get something. yeah to go and get his amulet thing. Yeah, right, like, okay. that sort of thing they went off to do his own shit. Ah, I see. Because like, at one point they were just all split up, and I was like, why is this like, killings going on here? You'd be better working together. And this is this is when uh, Hung took some killer shrooms and had one of the best scenes ever, where he's just tripping out, and then he actually sees the demon beast and stuff like this. <laughs> but I reckon the next bit just ruined it. Like, Bruce would have been angry, because once again, Peter Dinklage, one of the main people, the main draws in this, dies really quickly. Yeah. I thought uh, okay, if we're on Dinklage now, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin the podcast here. Peter Dinklage is horrendous in this film. Ah, he is so bad. I don't believe a single thing he is saying. I don't believe he's under the influence of drugs. I don't believe that's his accent, despite the fact it actually is kind of what his accent is. Every line he says sounds like, oh, I'm reading off of a script, man. I'm totally like this, man. It's like, you're totally putting this on. This is not acting. You're just being a like a bad person. Like it's just it was just oh, it just he annoyed me. In any scene he was ever in, I'm just like why are you being like that? Why are you being weird? Why are you being strange? I did. He did not encompass an actual human being. It was not. He didn't play the role well at all to me. And I, Peter Dinklage, I was, I was happy when he was gone in this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Annoying. I'll give you. It wasn't his best work, but I don't think he was that bad. Oh, he's he was brilliant. Terrible. He's brilliant. He had, he had very little to do, and he did nothing with it. Uh, Steve Zahn should have had more screen time, and then Ronnie, he should have had more screen time. <laughs> Oh, fucking yeah, hell. Savage. Savage. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs down for the dink. Oh. Like, my yeah. point in this bit here is like, why does, why in movies, why do they always try and escape too early? Like, he's dropped down right behind the monster when he's hiding in the toilet, or the demon girl. Like, he was never going to escape. <laughs> like, why just wait for her to leave and then drop down instead of like, thud. Oh, shit, she heard me. Stab to the neck. It's true. I've got. Why don't they just call the police on all these murders? Oh, they did, and they're the bad guys from earlier. And I was like, yes, that's a that's a, a nice little kind of like loose end tied. I like that. That the yeah. the authorities who would come and help them were the people who hate them. I thought, aha, let's go and just throw more uh, paintballs at them. Yeah. I quite like that little loose end being tied. 
how is that sheriff still a sheriff? I mean, like, if all he does is attack <laughs> people that needs help, what's the point <laughs> yeah. of being a sheriff? My thing is, right, so why did Eric bring all the real, like, weapons and shit like that? Was he selling them to the LARPers or something like that? Or, <laughs> like, Just why such an occasion as this. <laughs> yeah, like, he came prepared. He was talking awesome. about, like, some seller, seller guy who's going to pay top money for these. Right. I, th- I thought I heard something about oh, that, yeah. but yeah. But I don't know whether that was part of the LARPing or if some guy was <laughs> buying his weapons. Right. But, yeah. I, I feel I, like that, that, that would make sense, because other than that, just being that prepared for whatever the fuck was going to happen. Madness. Uh, I've got a timestamp in my notes here. So... We're 52 minutes into the film here, and Ronnie is running through the woods, <laughs> and it's the the, the, the callback to, these guys are big terrible maps, like he was moaning about the maps. Um, 52 minutes, that was the first time I laughed watching this film, was 52 minutes into it, this oh, uh, comedy you, film. You've, you've, broke a, you've broke a funny fuse. <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> nothing funny happened prior to him going, I'll these tell you maps what. are terrible. Whatever's happened in your life the last week, but fucking hell, you've had a proper downer in films. Jesus, something's all right. Bad. Well, it was um, it was Jimmy Simpson again. Do you know when he's talking to the guys about his dragon? He goes like that with the keys, douche over his arm. Don't fuck with my stereo. Yeah, I can't even giggle there. He's just he's got so many little no, good things in him. Uh, he's he basically played a McPoyle through this whole film. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very McPoyle-y, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we should get on to the kind of final battle. What a battle that was. Okay. Like, okay, the guy in the wheelchair. So, <laughs> go on. Oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> that was the worst looking fucking monster I have ever seen. She was more scary when she was just some random <laughs> demon woman. She that looked, fucking monster was awful. It, it looked like the uh, love child of, like, you know, the gremlin woman, like, from Gremlins oh. 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. So, yeah. It, it reminded me of a fucking gruffalo, is what it reminded me of. I still, I still thought it was funny, and it had uh, like a weird vagina in its chest for some reason as well. Oh, yeah, that was never explained. I thought it was like its weak spot. But, but nothing ever happened to that. But just that whole like scene when they're actually going to fight each other, and then you got the dragon coming in, and it's like proper badass LARPing <laughs> dragon. Oh. Just the, once again, uh, I want to go LARPing. Ro- what was it? Ronnie who can read the language. What was the language called again? Enochian. Yeah, that. Enochian. He can read the book, but can't drive a stick car, goes to the car. <laughs> but Eric, who can't read the language and can drive his car, casts the spell. And they're shouting at each other for, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's like, oh, you just should have done the things you were good at. That would have made things. You would have won then if that yeah, had but, worked that way around. But would you want to touch the dead head? Well, that's, I've got that. that's laugh number two. Ah, it's a dead head. <laughs> and then Jimmy Simpson is by far the best thing in this film. While I typed that, he was killed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that was my point. It's like, the book was indestructible at the start of this film. And then fire killed it. Wait, see, I don't know what the guy tried to do. It means like a, a policeman couldn't rip it. It, yeah. it was indestructible. Well, no, like, in the story, as... the, the guy, I can't remember what he's called. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The guy who made the book. He tried to destroy it. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Start, but he couldn't destroy it, and it was hidden underneath his house. Yeah, but maybe oh, you, yeah. maybe you could destroy it for a temporary bit, but then it reincarnates itself. So in the heat of the moment, it would have been destroyed, and they couldn't use it. No pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I reckon it's around about this time where Bruce gets actually properly annoyed with the final demon battle. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I've just got. Why is he singing? Is what my main question is uh, on that on the final demon battle. Uh, why Why did he start singing? What was the reason for it? Death Death Mail. <laughs> my point right. is, it's just a gem. You said what you wanted to say, and the gem did stuff. Doesn't matter what it's attached to. Yeah. So he had it in his hand, and he was saying words like "come down from" or "come up from hell to fight this demon." When he's talking about his friend, and he started zapping it with lightning. It was uh, a bang laugh, song. Laugh number, th- laugh number three, and the final laugh is, oh my god, the CGI of the Demon Dinklage. It was my last <laughs> laugh uh, in the film. I uh, think, it, like, do you get the, the impression that he got called back to do a scene and then just did it in front of his like living room green screen? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> 100% think that's what happened. 
It's like, right, we know we killed you off, but we've got a really funny ending. Could you just put up a green sheet and record yourself doing this, please? And we'll do the rest. So, yeah. I still enjoyed it, though. What, what, what an end battle. <laughs> Certainly something. Uh, will we go on to the high points now, then? Yeah, I think we've covered every old thing. Yes. Uh, point number two on the podcast, the high points. Chris, what have you got as high points throughout the film? The length of the film. <laughs> Like, you know, movies nowadays, like, they're hitting three hours on, like, a regular basis. And then you get to, like, a point and you're sitting there and you're just like, hurry up. And this one was just like, you went straight into it. It was constant action. It was constant, like, it makes, mixed it with, like, LARPing fighting and demon fighting and then end. Never I, overstayed as well. I thought it was a good point. Exactly. Yeah. And my second point was all the LARPing stuff. I thought it was, like, better than the actual... Um, the whole movie should have been a bit of LARPing, not the demons. <laughs> uh, I'll go with mine next. My high points. Uh, I thought Gunther. I quite enjoyed him. The fact that he was always oh, in character. He was a bit much. It was quite funny <laughs> at times. The way he would come in and he would just always be in character. Uh, I quite enjoyed him. Um, a good chunk of the music. Uh, I would say all the music, but there's a couple of really good songs. there. Andy and I were rocking out to the, the final credits music uh, earlier on today. Uh, so yeah, the music's really good. Um, Andy, you're the expert on the music guy of whose name I've already forgotten. It is Bear McCready. Bear McCready. Uh, famous actually, for, he, he, yeah, he's famous yeah. for doing everything. He does uh, video game music, so he's done God of War recently. He's done uh, films like Chucky, Cloverfield. He's done TV shows like uh, Battlestar Galactica, Terminator, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's done a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, I thought the music was pretty good because they obviously couldn't license any actual songs so it had to all be created for the film and some of it was good um, Ronnie shouting at the map was just my favourite scene <laughs> it was really funny was it? and finally it cracked me and I, I, it was something I laughed at and I think the high point for me was Beth's killing spree so ignore the jaw one and before she becomes a monster her going from one person to another uh, and saying the lines that other people told her to get convince people to kind of succumb to her uh, and all that. I thought that's probably the best part, the chunk of the movie, the kind of 10 minutes that she's killing people. So they're my high points. What about you, Andy? I'm going to steal a bit of both yours. The music, so I'm going to shout out to Bear McCready. He's awesome soundtrack for working with, like, zero budget. Uh, <laughs> the LARP, and I agree with Chris, is, like, some of the best LARPing I've ever seen in a movie. Even better than the, the Paul Rudd role, mo- role models film. Um, so LARPing works and I just like the cast like they all kind of work for their bits I know you hated Peter Dinklage but he worked yeah, for what he take was take him out um, yeah, but yeah I don't think there was else. any really bad characters everybody was played their part yeah uh, on a point three we'll start with you again the low points Andy work our way back CGI's a bit dated I'll, I'll give you that uh, and obviously in a shoestring budget and the final demon is a bit shit. But funnily shit. But it's still shit. Uh, okay. Yeah, it didn't annoy me that much. I, I could kind of see what they were going for. But one of my low points is the hilarious final fight is one of my low points. Uh, it's hard to get away from that. Uh, the, the first killing as well, where she rips the jaw and he turns into a plasticine man. Yeah, it's a low point. And for me, just the lesbian snog for no reason except to excite weirdos that are watching the film. Uh, it was just a, a low point, literally a low point for the film. It's like, this did not need to be in this. This is here for one reason and one reason only. Uh, what about you, Chris? Low points of the film? Uh, Beth's annoying growls. Do you know when she just walks along and just goes, mm. fucking pissed me <laughs> off. Alright. Like, she didn't need to do it. It was just like, she was looking in the toilet, open the door. Mm. It's just Opens she's door. a demon. Mm. It's fucking annoying. Um, uh, what was that? I've lost my page now. The Beth, the, the transformed Beth into the fucking big monster. Like I said, I found her more, you know, frightening as the, the succubus version instead of the fucking rubber monster that she turned <laughs> the into. The gremlin. Yeah, yeah. giant gremlin. Yeah. And. <laughs> I'm going to shit in both of your bits. The the shitty metal miming from Joe. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. The yeah. scene at the end of his song, it was... I don't think I'm a metal fan. <laughs> I just don't like the song was a shit and the... No, it was a shit. The singing, yes, the music, no. It, the, it was just made me cringe and I just didn't want to watch that bit. And yeah. the bit at the start in the fucking garage, it was just like, oh, why is this happening? 
So uh, that bit talked a lot. Though. I just hated the fucking <laughs> miming. I find that Chris always does find these bits I don't even think about that he hates, yeah, like the growling. Just randomly uh, growling everywhere. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Uh, point four on the 10-point podcast, the points of interest, our trivia section is Andy's selection. So Andy, give us some trivia. So, fun facts is that quite a lot of the um, places that they name, so like Evermore, is um, actually a Led Zeppelin song. So yep, the bat- battle that. for Evermore. Um, and mm-hmm. then they've also got the uh, Temple of Cernorex. I don't know how you say that word. But that's actually a Rush song. Um, so, oh, you really? can, so you can kind of see where these influence was, all kind of metal and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, really, that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Not a lot. Um, <laughs> I do have a fun fact, though. I've got, I'm going to go with a fun fact. So, fun fact, in the 2014 LARP census, 35.5% of LARPers were female, which actually surprised a lot of people because they thought it would be like way more men LARPing. So, yeah. there is still a yeah. big percentage of men, but there's quite a lot of women there. Uh, yeah. 1.3% identified as non-binary. I know Chris likes that kind of thing. And, uh, Who the fuck do I like that kind of thing? <laughs> and also... In some LARP communities, especially in Europe, more women do LARPing than men. So, little LARP facts. I would, I would have no idea what the LARPing community is like because it's not something I have any experience with. Um, any? Do you have any trivia that you managed to pick up, Chris? Anything interesting you learned about the film? Uh, nope. Yeah, I mean, point five, the ten point podcast quiz. So it goes right back over to Andy. He is our host for the quiz. It's me versus Chris. Right, this one is probably one of my most offensive quizzes ever. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Take it at face value. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a little quiz called Dinkier Than Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game of basically bigger or smaller. You shall take it in turns and you will tell me if it's bigger or smaller than Peter Dinklage. So it's bigger or smaller than him. Right? Yes. Okay. So it's bigger or smaller than Peter Dinklage. Okay. And Simple. It's, it's his height. I'm assuming we're talking about yeah. his height. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So we'll take it in turns. So who won last week? I think. Won, I think I, I won in a game controversial. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Right. That's right. Bruce, you can go first. Is oh, okay. Peter or Dinklage? Peter or Dinklage? <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Taller or smaller than Warwick Davis? Right, okay. Uh, I think Dinklage is taller than Wart Davis. Let's find out if you're correct. Yes, you are. He he is 30 centimetres bigger than um, Warwick Davis. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Chris, is Peter Dinklage bigger or smaller than George Washington's nose on Mount Rushmore. Smaller. So Peter Dinklage is smaller than the nose of George Washington. Yes? Yes, unless it's fallen off and it's a trick question. No, you're right. <laughs> he was... Uh, George Washington's nose is 6.4 metres. Oh, fucking hell. That's bigger than my nose. Right, Bruce, you. Mm-hmm. Is Peter Dinklage... Now, you have to listen to this carefully. Okay. Taller or smaller than a great dame, i.e. dog. <laughs> right, okay, so a great dame. I thought you said dame there, like Dame Judy Dench. A great dame. <laughs> great dame. You, um, right. And, to stop any arguments, it needs to be a male, not a right, female what? version. Right, so it's taller. So I'm assuming the great dame is on all fours for this. If that's how they stand. Because that is a big difference this is a in my answer. This one, this yeah. One. I can't repeat the question. I'm going to say that a Great Dane would stand not as tall as him. So I say Dinklage is taller. Correct. Yeah. He is taller by 20 centimetres. See? That's more right. than I thought. Chris, is Peter Dinklage bigger or smaller? Or dinkier. <laughs> than the sword Excalibur. Ooh. Uh, 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 smaller. 
So your computer Dinklage is smaller than the sword Excalibur. Yes. You are yeah. wrong. Excalibur is actually 1.16 meters. So Peter Dinklage is 20 centimeters bigger than Excalibur. Bruce, <laughs> it's you. Is Peter I don't Dinklage? Know why I, that. I had in my head. I had a, a pattern going. Right. Is Peter Dinklage bigger or smaller than an average killer whale's penis? Uh, I'm going to say that Dinklage is dinkier than a killer whale penis, therefore smaller. (laughs) You're correct. (laughs) Right. We'll do do another round. Right, Chris. Let's see if you can keep keep on this. I went first, by the way. So. Yeah, no. Still. Okay. Chris. I think we're going to do another round, but we're still mid round here. No. Chris, is Peter Dinklage? Bigger or smaller than the fan that sits in my living room? <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends on if your fucking fan's adjustable. Right now, I'm going to say he's smaller than your fan. No, taller than your fan. You going for taller? <laughs> yeah. I don't fucking know. You are wrong. Peter Dinklage <laughs> is actually 20 centimetres smaller than my fan in the living room at the moment. Bloody hell. Right, let's let's just do another one. Let's see if Bruce can get total domination here. Oh, cause I, I've, yeah, I've won, haven't I? You've yeah, won, right? Yeah. Like, we'll do but this yeah. one for a round, right? Mm-hmm. Is Peter Dinklage bigger or smaller than an M one o three fifty caliber long range sniper rifle? <laughs> Let me see that. So I'm, I'm currently imagining myself holding Peter Dinklage as a gun. <laughs> yeah. Against my shoulder. Uh, I'm going to say the gun is bigger, so D- Dinklage is dinkier <laughs> than the gun. Yeah. Correct! Yay! And you're the overall domination winner of Dinkier yeah. than Dinklage. I know what's bigger and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. It's Chris will get a, a consolation one in the end. No, domination. Okay. Let's just move on. Let's we'll move, move on. on. Well, uh, we'll, st- we'll go on to point six, which is the stats. Andy, how tall is Peter Dinklage? Can you give us a stat? Yeah, Peter Dinklage is actually 1.32 metres tall, which is go. only 10 centimetres less than a Danny DeVito. <laughs> that a Danny DeVito. Which is also, <laughs> is exactly the same height as four bottles of 1.5 litres of Smirnoff vodka. Fun fact for you there. Okay. He's, got, he's got all the stats. Oh, uh, and also, stats he's also exactly can... the same height as the average length of a pinball table. Ooh. There you go. There's my stats. We should, brand, <laughs> we should make some 10-point podcast Peter English pinball machines, I think. Uh, we should go. Uh, anyway, on to the normal stats that we keep on, on a weekly basis here. Uh, Knights of Badastum contained 85 swear words, which is a return to high numbers. We've not had many sweary ones recently, but it was still less than I thought. I thought it might be a bit more swearing than that, but 85 is essentially one every minute of the runtime of the film. Deaths, I had to do a bit of guessing. I've got 25, but you could convince me it was more than 25. It was definitely more than 25 people in the heart. The end's definitely more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had to. It was there was a lot of kind of. I felt like they might have had a small cast, so they might have not shown too many dead bodies because they couldn't. I didn't have enough people to play dead bodies. But yeah, twenty five plus and explosions. And this one is true. There were no explosions in this film. Nothing ever exploded. Even the demon at the end didn't explode. So yeah. very surprising that this magic witchcraft demon movie had no explosions in it whatsoever, and a lot of fire as well, but no explosions. Um, but I've kept a couple of extra ones that I usually keep. So the film is called Knights of Barastum. Did they say Knights of Barastum in the film? I forgot to ask if they said the thing. No. No. Surprisingly, no, because they went through all the different squads and gave us their names and all that. And I thought, all right. And then the final one's going to be Knights of Barastum. I thought that's what their squad is going to be called. Yeah, and then they did. Knights of <laughs> Yeah, they did do it. I thought, oh, well. So I thought I was a guaranteed nailed on, say the thing. So what I did was I counted how many knights there were in the film. So there were 24 knights in the film. Again, this is anyone who I thought resembled a knight that I saw throughout the film. Uh, there were only 24 because everyone was kind of barbarian or there were wizards or they were just not in armour and all that sort of stuff. And then, as I asked earlier, I also counted how many knights there were in the film. And there were three knights in the film. 
if you catch my drift. Yes, we do. Uh, did anybody else have any other stats, things they kept track of? Uh, Andy, any podophile interest? I didn't see any. Like, none, none jumped out at me, so I felt like the, the demon succubus should have had some feet out, but I don't remember seeing any, so no. Yeah, no. no feet. Well, you none. see the big demon footprint at, at the end. Yeah, there is that. She but... stamps her foot down with some weird, creepy, you know, old lady foot. <laughs> I wasn't really classing or that as a foot. Old lady foot. I don't think my yeah, portfolio are liking that. No, I don't think they're into a demon kind of demon monster feet. feet. <laughs> no, no stats for me. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody have anything else? No. <laughs> nope, that's all we had. Oh, well, okay, on to number seven. And number seven is movies within movies. And before we get into Andy's surprise tenuous link of the week, uh, mentioning the particular scene that Chris just brought up of the, the giant foot going down into the mud, my movie within movie is Jurassic Park, because the, the exact shot in Jurassic Park where the dinosaur, the T-Rex, puts his foot down in the mud as we get from the monster. So that is my only movie within movie here, is the, them taking, ripping off the shot of the, 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 the dinosaur foot going into the mud. Uh, Chris, have one. you got any movies in movies? I do. Uh, role models, obviously. While this group are on doing their quest and killing the demon and stuff, the other role model group are, you know, doing their shit. And they have the big, they're involved in the big fight at the end and have left before the demon turns up. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to the same lark at the same time. Right. What is the official movie within movie here? Knights of Bad Astom is part of a a kind of trilogy, or even, even a, I don't know, quadrilogy. A lot of movies, a franchise of movies that. Like it's been underlying that none of us know about. Um, so this this movie really links to Cabin in the Woods because they find a demon book in the basement. Uh-huh. Um, but then some guy sells it on eBay, so that's actually why the Cabin in the Woods plan didn't work because that's really what they should have picked. <laughs> um, but then that book turns up in Evil Dead in a basement. Um, and it's, so the Evil Dead's part of this franchise as well. Um, and pretty much any time there's a random book, like that book's been in a lot of films now. But <laughs> definitely Cabin in the Woods and Evil Dead. They are oh, yeah. part of a trilogy. I get Evil Dead, yeah. Okay. Uh, but it'll be this, Chris. What's point eight on the 10 point podcast? Shit, I forgot to do this. Um, <laughs> God. Look about your house and look at a picture for me. Uh, okay. You yeah. got one? Andy, I've got one. Yeah. What is going to be attacking you if you were some if a demon was summoned? <laughs> oh fuck! This is terrifying. It's um, <laughs> I, I'm 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 literally looking at the fucking poster from Ghostbusters two, uh, Vigo. Oh my god! Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like no joke. What I'm looking at is a big print, and it's got the Statue of Liberty on it. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, shit! <laughs> it's Ghostbusters two all round. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, mine's just disappointing. Mine's just, just a, a fucking horde of demon kids from a bar school floor just attacking me. <laughs> oh. I've literally got Vigo to my left. That's amazing, oh. yeah. I've got a New York City kind of poster thing and it's got the Statue of Liberty. I'm like, oh, it's that. What's that film oh, in? And you said Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters wise? Fuck, I don't. That's disappointing. Oh, amazing. What a coincidence. <laughs> uh, okay. Point eight, good one. <laughs> I love what carry over for next week that one. Uh, point nine on the podcast is our nominations, where we can annoy and annoy, where we can nominate people for the pointy awards. Uh, Andy, how about you go first? I'm going to nominate the budget. We don't know the budget of this film, but I'm going to say it's relatively low. And I'm going to say it's a low budget film, and it just they did a lot with a low budget. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, what, however, I nominate that. that yeah. Um, and then I'm going to nominate just the LARPing, like as in general, it just worked. I'm not a LARPer, but if you go online and everybody's talking about this film, how it's the best LARPing film ever (laughs) and how it really made LARPing mainstream, even though role models tried to do it, but apparently role models really got like the LARPing community really fucking hated it because it was made to look like a bit shit. Whereas yeah. apparently this, people love it. So, uh, I don't know how to nominate LARPing, but I'm nominating LARPing. And then I'm going to nominate Beer McCready for the soundtrack, because I really like the soundtrack. Yeah, good Bosh. call on the music. I didn't actually, I didn't nominate it, but I'll, I'll add that into mine. Um, 
I've got best supporting uh, actor or best supporting person, Jimmy Simpson, just because he was my favourite thing in the film. So I think I have to mention him here. Uh, worst actor, you'd be shocked to hear it's Peter Dinklage for the worst actor. But I, I, I reckon he's also not the lead actor, so I don't know. Like it might not actually fit in. I and mean, we don't have worst supporting actor. We kind of worst supporting character, which he was a bit terrible. But I don't know if it was a, a, a bad enough a character to nominate. Worst scene, I've got the bloody lesbian kiss for no reason whatsoever it was just it just made me feel grimy watching it because it was in there for no reason uh worst cgi or worst special effects actually is the, the jaw death i've nominated that um and something i've added during the podcast i forgot about for worst plan the i can drive but can't read so i'll read the book and i can read but i can't drive so i'll go to the car that's just a terrible plan <laughs> that's worst plan oh, i've got another one we ever watch a terrible plan i've got another one i need to add in i'm going to add a section of the most weird, gratuitous shot, and it is of Summer Glow's ass. All <laughs> right, okay. Because I feel like this keeps coming up more and more, and it's just every now and then the camera always pans onto something that's not needed, but I didn't mind seeing it, so I'm nominating Summer Glow's <laughs> ass. <laughs> You're nominated. You don't feel bad about it, but you feel bad about it. <laughs> yes. Gratuitous shot. Um, I've got, it's going to add on to my la- one from last week, the, the Movie Saviour Award, uh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. He was a he was the best thing, but this one was fucking brilliant. He's just basically Liam McPoyle through the whole film, and <laughs> Liam McPoyle's the best thing from obviously in Philadelphia, apart from uh, Charlie. Uh, I'm going for worst ending, like from the shitty looking monster to the shitty metal song. It was just shit. I thought. <laughs> and my last one, I can't remember if we got like a shitest cop category, but I'm going to nominate the redneck paintballer. Like, <laughs> I guess someone best actually calls for help. What's he going to do? Just run up and shoot them with a paintball. So yeah, we had we had best cop. So that's the first. I think that's the first nominee for worst cop. I think. Okay. Uh, Maybe you just nominate like cops in general. You can vote for your best and worst one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Police yeah. movie police. Uh, okay. Point ten. The moral of the story. Um, I'll go first because I've still got drugs are bad, which is the moral of the movie last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got that. So drugs are bad again, and I've also got don't read books. That was another moral of the story. <laughs> All of them just get them in trouble when they read books. <laughs> so they're my two morals. Uh, what about you, Andy? What you got? Larping is fun. That's it. Larping yeah. is fun. Um, mine is less of a moral and more of just a fun quote. Fuck you and the moustache you rode on and rode in on. <laughs> oh, that's a bit that made me laugh. He's like, fuck you and the moustache you rode on and then boom, he died. We'll nominate for that for best line then, because we have yeah. a best line pointing. Oh, okay, so, here you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that in, in the minds for that. So that's the 10 points of discussion out of the way. On to our rating now. Traditionally, whoever picked goes first. So Andy, what have you given uh, Knights of Barastom out of 10 and why have you given it that? This is a proper underrated film, and I like I like an underdog. I like an underrated film. It's a film that needs a bit more appreciation. It has its problems. The director's disowned it, but it's a six. A six. Okay, uh, Chris, you go next. Um, I thought this is going to be another one of Andy's random gems, like Chef. Mm. Uh, like it had everything in there for it to be an amazing movie like the LARPing was good the geek humour it's got Jimmy Simpson a bit of summer glove's ass everything was in there was like, <laughs> the movie just rates itself basically uh, it started off so promisingly but the ending let it down for me so I'm giving it a four a four from Chris and a six from Andy um, again I've written my notes it always looks like I'm reading off a script so I'll try and do it a bit more easily Um this is quite clearly a stoner nerd movie for stoner nerds, as in like it's all about getting high and doing like a, a nerdy thing that you like uh, unashamedly. Uh, but I found it was tremendously unfunny. <laughs> like I say, I laughed three times watching it, and for a comedy film, for not to be funny is it really lets it down. And outside of a couple of performances, there's not really all that good about it, including CGI. And I, thought, I think if people who love LARPing. This is probably like their absolute favourite film because it's all about LARPing and it doesn't make fun of it. It celebrates it. But I don't love LARPing. So there's about three quarters of the jokes in it I don't get because I don't really know what it is. So I'm giving it two out of ten. Oh, fucking oh, hell. This is the bell in Savage. the last Fargo. That's fucking hell. in a row for you. Yeah. He's, I told you. He's, he's, it's his fucking time of the month, I think. <laughs> can't fucking watch any film. movies this week. Jesus. The director disowned this film. What does that tell you about it? <laughs> he has no taste. 
<laughs> of his own film that he made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty terrible. <laughs> Period. Yes, you are uh, on one. Gives, uh, it does average it out as a four. Absolute belter now. It does average it as a four. going to slate it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this roller coaster of fucking emotional shit. <laughs> you are gonna. This is gonna be an absolute. I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna land. But yes. Yeah, so anyway, I'm out. A four. Four likes about Aston. I quit the podcast. We, uh, Fuck you all. I'm off. Bye. <laughs> so Andy complains all the time about the kind of films that that he rates twos out of tens. Actual proper films that are, are good and have good actors and good stories and all that that he rates badly. So I looked through it and we have picked a lot of serious films. So I thought, right, I don't want to pick another serious one. And we've come off the end of a couple of kind of silly comedies here and there. So I didn't want to go like a silly daft comedy. I thought there's an area we've not delved too deep into. And last season, I was waiting for someone to pick an animated film so that I could pick one afterwards. So I'm going to go animated. Chris picked an animated film. I know we had a Scanner Darkly a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going a different direction with the animated. And I'm also going a different direction entirely. Another category of films we've not done. This film is on Disney Plus, so everybody around the world can access it. It won't cost you, cost you an extra £20. It is free of charge as long as you pay your membership, obviously. And I've gone for a film that I've not watched in more than 25 years. Next week, we're going to watch... DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Well, I can watch this for the kids. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Everyone could come and enjoy this one. <laughs> what? DuckTales the, the, the tale of what? DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. <laughs> Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Oh, God. Season 2 is a proper shade rollercoaster, hasn't it? fucking hell sorry guys if you're still listening but join me on the 12 point podcast where I take a look (laughs) at the best films ever yes so uh, with that join us next week something different see how everybody feels about a classic an early 90s classic with too many recent films so uh, yeah 10 point podcast next week DuckTales the movie Disney Plus you will find it Uh, join us then (laughs) 